Welcome to A Conspiracy in the Force, the show where we examine parallel conspiracies in a galaxy far, far away, in a galaxy not so far away. This show is designed as an introduction to modern day conspiracy theories by using Star Wars, one of the most beloved fictional universes, as a point of reference. Let's begin. Welcome back to Conspiracy in the Force. My name is Conspiracy Kyle, and this is my presentation on Intergalactic Totalitarianism, Part 2. If you didn't check out the first part, please go to my YouTube page or my podcast feed to check out the first part. In the first part of this presentation, I discussed the first two movies of the prequel trilogy, The Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, from all the political angles that uh, Senator Palpatine took to get to where he was at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith, Episode 3 where he had just become the Supreme Chancellor. Uh, this, this, present, this part of the presentation will go into how he ultimately achieved his goal of, of domination and what, what the tools were that he used in addition to political, because as we know with totalitarian governments, there's more than just political um, aspects. There's kind of emotional, social aspects of getting people on board with what you're trying to do. So we're going to go into a breakdown of episode three and then some of the aspects of who specifically he used to accomplish these goals. So let's talk about the political machinations in movie three, Revenge of the Sith. So in the start of this movie, the Jedi are becoming wary of what Palpatine uh, is able to do with his power and influence. You know, as Obi-Wan says, you know, he's managed to stay in power much longer than he should have after this war is reaching its conclusion, this large clone war that's taken place over the past several years. Um, and then halfway through the movie, Palpatine does tell Anakin Skywalker, you know, straight out that he's a dark side user and he's the Sith Lord that's been, you know, manifesting all this stuff behind the scenes. Uh, Anakin tells the Jedi Council and they move to arrest him. Palpatine is able to attack and kill those Jedi that attack him. And we'll get into that a little bit later and how that works with Anakin Skywalker's story. And then after this happens, after Palpatine attacks and kills the Jedi that come there to arrest him... Um, he, he claims, and we'll show a video clip here, he claims in the Galactic Senate that it was the Jedi that attacked him trying to overthrow the government. And you kind of hear the shades of the whole attack on the Capitol thing that happened a few months ago where there was a, a you know an insurrection that was happening at the Capitol, but as we know, it was anything but that. There were a lot of bad actors involved with that. So here's a clip of what Palpatine says to the Galactic Senate regarding what happened. The attendant on my life has left me scarred and deformed. But I have my resolve 
So you can see he's kind of twisting it around to, oh, it was the Jedi trying to take over, not they, not, not that they found out that what he really was. So you see how he spun it that way, and you see lots of, of, of cheering and applause. Goes back to the quote we talked about in the first part of the presentation, where as he reforms this into a, a republic, into an empire, Padme says, you know, this is how liberty dies with thunderous applause. Then what he proceeds to do is he labels all the Jedi enemies of the state. You know, once again, going back to the attack on the Capitol, anyone who supports Trump is now an enemy of the state, um, whether they were involved with the Capitol thing or not. <clears throat> and the Jedi are all hunted down and killed in what he calls Order 66. So he does the Order 66, and then he also uh, finds a way to kill all those Trade Federation leaders who helped him out this whole entire time in, in, in creating this plot, you know, 10, 15, 20 years beforehand. You know, so he, he goes and wipes all them out because, as we know, they're useful idiots who really knew too much and they would really could hurt him in the future if word got out of what they really knew. So now we get to the next part. That's all the po political aspects that got us to the totalitarian government at the end of episode three. But politics are really only part of this takeover. You also need loyalists, you know, similar to the Trade Federation, but you need something even more than that. You need, you need useful idiots. Obviously, the Trade Federation leaders were one, but most importantly, you, he needed Anakin Skywalker. He needed a new apprentice. He needed somebody who had the power and the strength to get him there. The Trade Federation leaders were, were kind of useless um, when it comes to being able to use the Force and things to that effect. So how do you find potential useful idiots? Let's just talk about useful idiots in general. So there is kind of a checklist if you think about it. You know, do these people make decisions based on emotion and not reason? Are these people separated from a traditional family unit? Are they looking for a sense of belonging? And do they have little control over their own lives? You can see this in our world, whether it's, you know, the, the masked Karens of the world talking about the, the COVID stuff and why aren't you wearing a mask, this and that. It's people who really have not a lot of power in their life, but they want to assert power. And you can see the pictures I have here a lot of people know what these are. These are a lot of the Antifa rioters who have been arrested over the past year or so. Um, a motley crew of characters that were able to be influenced and used basically as a tool for the, the, the far left to accomplish some goals and, and hurt President Trump during his you know last year in office and during the, the election year. So they wrecked havoc. Um, but as you can see, you know a lot of them um, don't look like a lot of productive members of society. They have a lot of they have a lot of issues as if you look into some of their personal stories and you can see how they were used as a tool for um, the left's use. Similarly, Anakin Skywalker was the perfect useful idiot. You know, let's go back to that checklist. Did he make emotions, ba uh, decisions based on emotion? Yeah, absolutely. He was prone to violent outbursts and he, had, he did have strong attachments to, to others, you know, his wife and his mother, which was somewhat forbidden by the Jedi Council. Was he separated from a traditional family unit? Sure. Yeah, he was removed from his mother by the Jedi uh, at a very young age, you know, to be trained to be a Jedi, but still he, he didn't have that family unit. Was he looking for a sense of belonging? Yeah, true. He had no father figure. This was a, a virgin birth in the Star Wars universe, which, you know, you can get into all kinds of other religious aspects when you talk about that as well. And initially, the Jedi Council didn't even want to have him. And he did have little control over their own lives. And he was not a Jedi Master, although he was put on the Jedi Council, and we'll kind of get to that as we go through his story. 
So here's a little bit about his story. A little bit about this we've talked about before, but he left his mother to join the Jedi at a young age. The Jedi were unsure about his training because something did not seem right. And we'll go to um, a clip here of Yoda talking about, you know, what what was going on with Anakin Skywalker that caused him to be uneasy or unsure about training this child. You know, he sensed, Yoda sensed something that just did not sit right with him. And let me go ahead and find the, find the clip here. Oh, we're going to have a, <clears throat> a quick ad here. So let me, let me mute it while I continue to continue to talk. Um, you know, Qui-Gon Jinn was very influential in getting the Jedi Council to, to train Anakin because they sensed something that was not right about, about him, even though they believed, they truly did believe that there was a prophecy of the Chosen One that he could fulfill, but still there was something that seemed a little bit off. So here's Yoda talking about that. Hmm. I'll feel you. Cold, sir. Afraid, are you? No, sir. See through you. We can. Be mindful of your feelings. Your thoughts dwell on your mother. I miss her. Mm -hmm. Afraid to lose her, I think. Mm -hmm. What has that got to do with anything? Everything. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. So you can see there, and that's a great quote by Yoda. That's one of my favorites. He talk, what I, I call this the dark side spiral. You know, fear, anger, hate, suffering. And you see that a lot of times in our world if you think about things that are going on socially. Um, check out my podcast on the dark side spiral. You know, and you can listen to a little bit more of what I'm talking about there. So the Jedi were unsure about him from the start. And then what started happening was, you don't find this out till very far along in the trilogy, but Palpatine starts manipulating his dreams, you know, as, as a teenager. Um, he starts seeing visions of his mother dying. And here's a little bit about him talking about these visions that he's been seeing. You had another nightmare last night. Jedi don't have nightmares. I heard you. I saw my mother. She's suffering badly. I saw her as clearly as I see you now. She is in pain. I know I'm disobeying my mandate to protect you, Senator. But I have to go. I have to go. I have to help her. He knows that there's something that he has to do. He can't let these visions come true. And so he rushes to save his mother. And, and just a quick recap on, on where she is and what's going on in the story. She is still a slave living on Tatooine. And he gets to Tatooine to find out that she's been 
captured and taken away by the, the Tuscan Raiders or the Sand People, whatever you want to call them. Um, and he rushes out to find her, even though everybody tells her that, you know, she's dead. You have to you know, just, just admit it, she's dead, but he has to see for himself. So unfortunately, he does see for himself. He tries to save her, but you can kind of see some of the aftermath of, of what happens there. If he's, is he able to save her? For those just watching on the podcast, what happened was, you know, after his, his mother dies in his arms, he goes and starts killing all the other Tuscan Raiders around him. And the, the, the scene cuts out, but then he describes later to Padme what, ha what truly happened there after his mother died and what he did. see it right there I hate them what did Yoda tell him earlier you know fear leads to the dark side he was afraid of his mother dying it turned to anger after his mother died and then it turned to hate because he hated them for what they did and then he caused suffering because he murdered their entire village it's very it's a very chilling scene um, but it shows kind of his development and it shows uh, how he will do anything to stop these kind of terrible things from happening in the future um, and you'll see, you'll see what goes on after that. So let's continue on. So in, in the final movie, Revenge of the Sith, once again, he, Palpatine is manipulating his dreams. And in this case, he sees his wife dying, uh, Padme, who he's married in secret. He swears that he's not going to let this come true. You know, all the while, 
on the other side, Palpatine is turning into this, this father figure that he never that he never had before, that he never knew. And you'll see as we continue to go on, there's a rift growing between Anakin and the Jedi Council. And Palpatine is kind of bridging the gap there, being this father figure, this mentor that he hasn't had, even with Obi-Wan, Yoda, the rest of the council. They somewhat have a distrust of him and you know, he's impulsive and he's just a youngster. So, but Palpatine is really nice and he's wise and he's and he's helpful to him throughout. And Palpatine does let him in on a little secret about life and death as relates to these visions that he's been seeing, which I don't know if Anakin doesn't necessarily get what's going on here, but I think everybody watching the movie can understand. This is one of my favorite clips because it says a lot without having to say every single little thing. It's it's a brilliant clip. Here we go. Did you ever hear the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? No. I thought not. It's not a story the Jedi would tell you. It's a Sith legend. Darth Plagueis was a dark lord of the Sith. So powerful and so wise, he could use the Force to influence the midi-chlorians to create life. He had such a knowledge of the dark side, he could even keep the ones he cared about from dying. He could actually save people from death the dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural what happened to him he became so powerful the only thing he was afraid of was losing his power which eventually of course he did unfortunately he taught his apprentice everything he knew. Then his apprentice killed him in his sleep. Ironic. He could save others from death, but not himself. Is it possible to learn this power? Not from a Jedi. Oh, not from a Jedi. So he's going to have to learn the dark side is basically what Palpatine's telling him if he wants to save the one he loves from dying. And a lot can be inferred into that clip there. For one, you know, you can infer that Palpatine was the apprentice of this master, Darth Plagueis, and he killed him in his sleep and learned everything he knew. But also he talks about how Plagueis could create life by influencing the midichlorians in the body. So... The inference could be also made, you know, did Palpatine and, and Plagueis together create Anakin? You know, could they have conceived, could he have been, I mean, because he was a virgin birth, there was no father. Could the, I mean, the Force basically is his father, but, you know, this is a little bit of a rabbit trail here, but did they create him for this specific purpose later in life? Um, it's kind of something interesting to, to talk about in Star Wars fandom. So... <clears throat> All the while, Palpatine has appointed Anakin as his personal representative on the Jedi Council. He knows that he's not going to be granted the, granted 
access to the Jedi Council, but he says, you know what, I want you to be my eyes and ears and let me know what's going on. And, and vice versa, the Jedi Council actually wants him to, to do the same with what's going on with Palpatine. So he's in kind of a tricky position. So anyways, he goes to the Jedi Council um, with what Palpatine has told him about wanting him to be on the Council. And this is what the Council has to say. Allow this appointment, Lightly. The Council does not. Disturbing is this move by Chancellor Palpatine. I understand. You are on this Council, but we do not grant you the rank of Master. What? How can you do this? This is outrageous. It's unfair. How can you be on the council and not be a master? Take a seat, young Skywalker. So you can see they're kind of, you know, giving him the old, giving him the cold shoulder, telling him, you know, you can be here, but we're not going to recognize you as a master because we did not appoint you directly. So that kind of rubs him the wrong way. So all the while he goes to Palpatine, Palpatine starts consoling him, you know, well, you really should be a Jedi master. And, and really, like we said before, playing this father figure, playing this mentor role, you know, this is a confused kid who has no idea what his true place is in the universe. And here's this great um, old wise master trying to to guide him along the way and then that leads us to um our next our next clip where palpatine finally does reveal his true nature to anakin and in really and really plays on all the emotions that anakin has going on you know with the jedi council with the visions he's been seeing and he really lays it all out to him it was upsetting to me to see the council doesn't seem to fully appreciate your talents don't you wonder why they won't make you a Jedi Master. I wish I knew. More and more I get the feeling that I'm being excluded from the Council. I know there are things about the Force that they're not telling me. They don't trust you. They see your future. They know your power will be too strong to control. You must break through the fog of lies the Jedi have created around you. Let me help you to know the subtleties of the Force. How do you know the ways of the Force? My mentor taught me everything about the Force. Even the nature of the dark side. You know the dark side? Anakin, if one is to understand the great mystery, one must study all its aspects, not just the dogmatic narrow view of the Jedi. If you wish to become a complete and wise leader, you must embrace a larger view of the Force. Be careful of the Jedi, Anakin. Only through me can you achieve a power greater than any Jedi. Learn to know the dark side of the Force, and you will be able to save your wife from certain death. Yeah, how does he know that? How does he know that? I think that's when Anakin starts to connect the dots. So, after this happens, Anakin says, you know what, um, 
I don't believe you. Well, I'm sorry. I do believe you. You're the you're the Sith Lord that we're looking for. And, you know, we need to turn you in. So, Anakin goes to the Jedi Council, tells them who Palpatine is. They said, way behind. We're going to deal with this. The Jedi go to confront Palpatine, and he does kill all of them except Windu. Mace Windu, who has him pinned down. Anakin then, um, you know, Palpatine this whole time has been calling out to him through the Force. Telling him, like, I'm the only one to help you. I'm the only one who can help save you. I'm the only one who can help save your wife. He's been hearing these thoughts, and these thoughts even when he's awake now. So, he busts in to find that um, Palpatine has been severely disfigured, as we talked about earlier, and Mace Windu is about to kill him. And Anakin kind of sees what's, what would happen if, if Palpatine ends up dying, as he's the only one that knows the ways to help save his, his wife. So here's what happens next. I'm going to end this once and for all. You can. He must stand trial. He has control of the Senate and the courts. He's too dangerous to be left alive. I'm too weak. Oh, don't kill me. Please. It's not the Jedi way. He must live. Please, no. I need him. Please, no. No. Brutal clip. For those just listening to the podcast only, this is the scene where Mace Windu is about to kill Palpatine and Anakin slices off uh, Mace Windu's arm. And then Palpatine, who has been playing playing like he's hurt, unleashes a full realm of force lightning on Mace Windu and throws him out the window So, to, to likely death. Um, this is where, this is the po point in the movie where Anakin has now truly given himself over to the dark side, 100%. He's turned his back on the Jedi Council, and he officially is dubbed Darth Vader by Palpatine and has taken on a new role as apprentice to Darth Sidious. And this is where, um, I'm not going to show the clip because it's, it's, it's very disturbing. You know, his first task that he's given is to go help Palpatine eliminate all the Jedi in the Jedi Temple. And he goes there and kills them all, the men, the women, the children, just like he talked about in the prior movie about killing the, the Tusken Raiders. He does the same with people in, in this episode. You can So you can see his downfall, very dramatic. Um, so after he, he helps kill the Jedi, Palpatine gives him another task, which is to go finish off all the Separatist leaders who have been helping him out the whole time because they are the useful idiots who know too much. If anybody, for, for anything you know about communist governments, they love to take out the useful idiots because they know too much. And if anybody asks them about what's truly going on, they know the full story and they are not able to be kept alive. So um, this is the part where Anakin goes to help finish them off per Palpatine's orders.
Lord Sidious promised us peace. So he told them to go to this planet and wait for them and, and Darth Vader would come and help them and, and give them peace. And the peace that he's going to give them is death. So, you know, never go along with the communist government because you are never going to win in the end. And then to conclude uh, our part here, the ultimate irony of what happens when Anakin completes this turn to the dark side is, as you know, if you've seen the movie, um, Obi-Wan comes to confront him on this lava planet of Mustafar and Obi-Wan uh, defeats him in battle. He's left for dead. He becomes encased in this metal body, which becomes Darth Vader. You know, Padme, his wife, all along, she dies in childbirth anyways. So he never even achieves what he meant to set out, what he set out to do was to help save her from dying. And then as a cruel joke, after he truly becomes Darth Vader, uh, Palpatine continues the manipulation of him, a manipulation that goes on for almost the rest of his natural life because he's now in the full service of the Emperor. And this is the tool that Palpatine really needs to enforce his rule throughout the government, uh, throughout the uh, galaxy. So here's what happens once he fully becomes Darth Vader, how Palpatine continues to manipulate him. This is when you first see him fully in the Darth Vader outfit. see like he does so he doesn't even get what he wanted but let me scroll back here a few frames look at look at look at palpatine look how happy he is of what's transpired here you know he doesn't give a rat's ass for anakin he was just the tool to be used to get what he wanted he doesn't care at all look in his face he's smiling as he continues to torture this man who, sir, who, who pledged his life to his service. You know, he's not, so like I say here, he's now in full service to the emperor, his old life has been destroyed, and he never even got the thing that he lost it all for. That's one of the most tragic, tragic parts of the whole series. Um, you don't really get this when you watch the original trilogy. It's, you really get all this color when watching the prequels. And the music tells the story as well. You can hear the ominous choir singing throughout the most of, Re of Revenge of the Sith. Um, it's, it's not, it's not a happy ending. It's a very tragic tale. It's, it's, it goes back to mythology, if you think about it. Um, it's like a grand opera of what's happening here. <clears throat> so that's where we leave it for now. 
Um, stay tuned for part three coming up, which we'll touch a little bit more on the end of the prequel trilogy, and then we'll get into the original trilogy and even into the sequel trilogy to kind of see how this uh, communistic dictatorship, totalitarian government continues on uh, in the galaxy. So thank you for tuning in. Um, please subscribe to my YouTube page at Conspiracy Kyle. That's Conspiracy with a K. Um, follow me on Twitter. It's Conspiracy underscore Kyle. Once again, Conspiracy with a K. And follow my podcast on anywhere you can find podcasts. It's called Conspiracy in the Force. That one is with a C and not a K, just to confuse everybody. But I appreciate everybody listening in, sharing this around. Um, I, and I appreciate everybody who's giving me, giving me great comments on this and, and really encouraging me throughout, throughout this process of, of spreading this truth, albeit through Star Wars, but it applies to our world as well. Um, take care. May the Force be with you.